Oh boy. When when did I hit record last? Halloween? Please tell me. Oh, and the cat's yelling at me too. Oh, please tell Yes, I know. Uh-huh. I think. Is this... I gotta look. Holy crap. Is this my first... Cat's yelling. Everything's all out of order here. All right. Um. Oh my god. This is the first recording of November. How bad of me. Um, but I think last week, oh my God, poor cat. Um, I think last week I just, I felt rushed and, um, I don't think I really had anything that was, um, sitting on the top of my brain, um, as something I really felt would fill the air for (laughs) me to ramble again as man yells at clouds. But, yeah, it's been a good week. Um, The snow has come, finally, I guess. Um, Running is slightly more treacherous. Um, It's weird. Running shoes kind of have a life, like the high-end ones, apparently. And so, what did I buy? Brooks? Um, I think when I went in there, I don't know if I talked about this before, there's all the different states that your foot can be in when you run, like pronation, pronation. I don't know. Let's look. Uh, pronate. Um, what does that even mean? It refers to the way your foot rolls inward for impact distribution upon landing. Okay. So, and whatever. Supine. What is pronate and supinate? Okay, so I'll assume that's how your ankle rolls in or out. And that's when I was having those ankle issues and went into physio for the first time. So buying legit running shoes was a thing for me. And so I wanted stability. And so, ah, (laughs) Um, I think it's Brooks, the go-to shoe, the GTS if you're a wrestling fan, stands for go to sleep as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got those and they have these like weird runners, rudders, um, that kind of, yeah, like runners along the side that keep you from rolling left or right. And they're nice in retrospect when I look at them because um, I don't run properly, apparently. <laughs> I run like heel to toe. Um, when I watch videos and people who talk about proper running form, it's almost like this ball of your feet or maybe more landing in the middle of your foot, ball of your foot. And it's weird. Like the motion for it is like kicking your foot up to your butt. It's very springy. And when I watch, because I'm in a run group, and when I watch the person who runs the run group run, how's that for a fucking sentence? <laughs> Um, it's very springy, but I also, when I see them post, I think they had a 45 minute 10 K and it's, so there's gotta be something to this running style. And so when I do it, um, I'm just changing a setting. There we go. And so when I try it that way, I can tell I'm going faster, but my muscles aren't used to this air quotes correct form and so holy fuck do I get 
tired doing it. But the thing that I hurt on my right ankle, what is it? It's perineal. I'm Mr. Google Machine RA today. The perineal tendon? Perineal? Yes. Peroneal tendon? Um, it kind of wraps around the outside ankle bone down under it and connects to the side of the foot and then goes up the outside of your lower leg. And so that's what I heard because I was just using crappy tennis shoes that I think my dad left here at one point because I'm like, what does it matter? And then I heard that and it's been an ongoing thing forever. And it was like, it's funny because I think I originally went to um, physio for because I kept pulling my calves and that's an easy one. That's like, okay, dummy stretch, <laughs> right? And then, of course, I bought that machine the massage machine that just hammers the piss out of any old scar tissue in a muscle and that really helped a lot too and then the lady that I saw for my physio she had these things my description for them when I first saw them I think I said this before is they look like a lawnmower blade it's this long metal thing that's smooth and they put like some kind of lubricant on your legs so they can just run back and forth over and you can feel it like with me with all these underlying injuries from year after year of just because I went decently hard as a kid right and even into my mid-20s when did I hurt myself 23 yeah is when I hurt my knee so up till then anytime when you're young right you pull something you just keep going and now I guess every time you rip or pull something, the scar tissue in that muscle makes it less pliable. And so this metal, like these bars, she would run them back and forth. And sometimes it hurt. Sometimes it was okay, I guess. But like it would feel like there was gravel that she was going over in your muscles. And it's supposed to be smooth. And that's working out all the scar tissue so like her doing that me using the gun on the really bad parts my calves didn't even become the problem but I had this perineal tendonitis and it's still there but I have this whole physio routine that I have to do all the time that's and it's weird it's like it's simple movements and simple like hip stretches calf stretches um it's weird it's almost just like going up and down on my toes and then doing it just on one foot at a time and that's kind of what gets the the perineal tendon going and then a month it's probably closer to six weeks ago now I hurt my Achilles in the other one so now I have okay it's always something it seems <laughs> it's funny when I finally looked up running it was like the worst pastime that you can pick up in your 40s and it's one of the hardest things on the body and so dumb me I just kept pushing with it and pushing with it um I've unsuccessfully opened a coke low-key um <laughs> and so yeah it's just laden with injuries if you don't warm up stretch and I have and I know I've talked about this I have those compression sleeves for my calves and god bless them they're fantastic now as it's cooling down just to keep things warm when I'm running in middle, we'll say middle ages. <laughs> and so, yeah, where the fuck was I going to say? Shoes, right. And so 
I finally shelled out and bought really nice runners and they're called stability runners and those also helped with this but at the end of the and they have very squishy not super squishy but I didn't realize at the time that they had extra padding under the heel for people who are I guess what is the term heel strikers and so I have good shoes but now that it's slippery out and back to what I said at the beginning of this I didn't realize that shoes kind of had, especially for runners, they have like a kilometer kind of rating. And when you buy them, it says, I can't even remember, it's like four or six hundred K that they say they're good for. And I'm like, no problem. That'll last me forever. And it's like, I've worn them flat. <laughs> and so, <clears throat> and it's on me too. A bit of my mistake was. Um, when I would go out and shoot around the basketball, I would wear them too. And so maybe that was a little more like on the balls turning kind of stuff. So that might have added to their demise a little sooner than what it normally would have been. But I had to uninstall my heart rate app because it just wasn't syncing with some of my other stuff that I keep track of. And so I had to delete it and reinstall it at the end of August and it's, I think I'm at like 500 kilometers since then. So what is that? Like a bit of August, September, October, and we're into November. So like, let's say two and a half months to be fair. I've put in 500 kilometers. So it's like, and the shoes aren't cheap, or at least I don't feel they're cheap, but they're worth it. Um, but it's like, is this going to be a $200 expense every three months? That's a little nutty, but it's also, it's my pastime, my hobby and how I stay in shape. So it's like, I get it, but it just, I don't know, my, when I channel my inner dad who did not like to spend (laughs) at all, um, and it was his dirt cheap kind of probably Walmart runners, like, what are they, probably cheap ass, just $20, $30 Reeboks or whatever they were, and that's what I started running in, and that's what caused all the problems, because they just weren't good running shoes for your body and so long story long yeah (laughs) so yeah I gotta go buy new shoes um the one nice thing is my kid he's up to 5'11 now and he has almost the same shoe size as me so this will be nice whenever I see cool shoes and want running shoes and whatever I'm just gonna like have an area and It's obvious he's going to shoot past me, but for this little shining moment, I'm just going to have an array of shoes in this matching size, and when we leave, we each can pick what we're feeling or what we need, right? So, yeah, I had to go buy him running shoes this week, and now that he's buying, it's nutty that, and I think, where did I hear this, that it's, like, if you buy the difference between, like, men's, women's, and kids, like... It's, I get there's a size difference, but they charge way more for women's and then even more for men's for like running shoes and sports equipment just because they can, right? It's the same product at the end of the day, but it's whatever, 10, 15, 20% cheaper for the kid's size. And so his running shoes, um, even though they're almost the same size as mine, I was still able to get him something really decent for like 60 bucks, right? Because it's not... It's just a running shoe. It's not like a specific, or it's like, what do they call them? Like a cross trainer or whatever. It's just an athletic shoe. He doesn't need high end. 
But for me, then it's like a $200 drop. And now, I don't know if I talked about this last time. There's a, like, I'm used to the traditional shoe companies. Like, even for running, like, Brooks, Asics. For me, growing up, I think Asics was the volleyball shoe predominantly. And then, of course, basketball had Nike. I remember when Reebok became a thing. Um, Converse. Um, they were the 80s basketball shoe. And then, of course, the Chuck Taylor All-Stars are eternal kind of the shoe that everybody still wears to look kind of trendy and cool they kind of it's one of those fashion things that like as time comes and goes you can always just wear a pair of chucks um but converse i think was the end-all be-all for basketball in the 80s because that's who larry bird magic johnson i think dr j they all wore the converse weapons and even when i was in high school up until he retired he finally and it's their own fault. They were late to the game. But there was finally, in 1991, right before he retired, um, there was Converse Magics. But it was too late because it happened already. And Air- and Nike won the lottery with getting Michael Jordan. And if you watch The Last Dance, it explains how... Who did he want to go to? Not Adidas. Maybe Adidas. I can't remember um because Reebok weren't a thing maybe it was Adidas that he wanted um and Nike I think was predominantly a tennis shoe you'd have to watch Last Dance it's got a very like I get that it's eight or 12 episodes that are super long and if you're not a basketball person it probably has zero appeal to you um and I get that the timing of it was during a COVID lockdown when everyone was missing basketball and also the conversation of LeBron James being the greatest of all time was starting to surface more and more so I think the timing of no one had sports to watch as much and just Michael Jordan wanting his kind of people to see him from this generation what he was like and how nuts he was and how driven but back to point (laughs) Um, when did this become the episode talking about shoes anywho um, yeah, there was an episode in there and it talked about, of course, his recruiting and then the shoe deal stuff and how a insanely loyal he was to Nike after the fact, because I think, um, yeah, they said that that was predominantly like a tennis shoe, like they had Jimmy Connors and someone else, I think, and for them to, he didn't want to be there. So they had to talk him. I think his parents had to tell him like, they're making you an offer. Let's go and listen. And just the whole how there was never really a plan for that. And then it just became and like Air Jordans are still a thing to this day. And it's like a cultural phenomenon. Like Air Jordans are right up there with, like we said, the Chuck Taylors. And it's nuts. And he probably made way more like he was the Gatorade guy. He And when Gatorade became a thing, I remember. And um when it was in the old glass jars with a kind of pop lid on the top um, that would pop when you broke the seal, right? Um, but yeah, he was the Gatorade guy with the song, like, Be Like Mike, and he had Air Jordans, and like, I think he was a one of the big name McDonald's guys, right? Fitting for sports, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was interesting that episode to see kind of how Mike, or not Mike, Nike wasn't even a front runner. And when you think today, they're like 
at least to me, they were the end-all be-all of shoes. And so back once again, because I've driven off onto the side roads of conversation here, um, I kind of know the mainstream running shoe names, like here, running shoe companies. And there we go. So Brooks, Asics, everyone's heard of them. New Balance, yep, Nike. Um, and then we get into these others and was like Saucony, no idea. I think that's what I ended up getting for my kid for 60 bucks. Um, Hoka, no idea. Um, and the one that a lot of the young cool kids will call in the running group, um, or I guess the more in the know will say about running shoes and quality and stuff. There's another company now called on, and I've literally never heard of this before, but I think I've hit my trend. Yeah, on's on this list. So of the top running shoes, here we go. Brooks heard of them. Asics heard of them. Hoka, maybe kind of heard of them. New Balance, yeah, they're old school. Nike, yes. Saucony, Saucony, whatever. Um, didn't know of them until I went and tried on shoes. Ultra, no idea what that is. Carhu, kind of sounds familiar. Mizuno, I think that was not like a track shoe maybe. And then, yeah, on is on this list on and on um but yeah it's like the new cool kid shoe and they got these weird soles like if you have time to kind of google it's like um i don't even know how to describe it but there's like these bumps all the way along and it's like i don't know if you can see through or not but they're they look super cushiony and i think they give more bounce and protection because the number one thing for me that sucks with running is you're constantly jarring on pavement, right? And I think that's where all like the ankle, the hip, the knee problems come from. Even back maybe is just from you're jamming yourself into the pavement 20,000 times on a run if it's a long one, right? So maybe 10,000 steps, I don't, whatever. A marathon would be 20-some thousand for shorter people, right? And then there's some weird ball or bar I guess in the sole of these things I don't know I don't get the science of it but that's what the hip kids are wearing <laughs> around here at least and then it's funny when you look at like high-end competitions you have to it's the weirdest thing you have to register what shoe you're wearing because I swear I because Google News pops up I think the news it gives me when I kind of scroll through the news in the morning is based on things I Google, obviously. And so when I was looking up shoes at one point, then I got these articles about long distance runners and what's going on in marathons and stuff. So it's kind of neat. But there was articles where like people would get disqualified because they would register with a certain type of shoe and then run the race with a different kind. Um, your soles of your shoes can only be a certain thickness. Like, so a guy got disqualified because his shoes were like two millimeters thicker than the regulation size, size, right? Like, it's just things you don't think of if you don't, I guess, competitively run. Um, there's a whole brand of Nike shoes, but they're like, I think they're like $700 shoes. It's insane. But they're illegal for long distance races, maybe for races, period, because they have this like space age metal i'm making it sound like sci-fi running <laughs> um but it's this weird and it's got this certain shape to it as it goes it's like this kind of layer of some i don't know if it's a metal or a polymer or like a plastic or what but it kind of is in the sole of the shoe under the foot and apparently 
from what I read when I was reading these articles that popped up is these whatever however it was shaped and whatever it was made out of would actually help transfer the energy from when you landed on whatever your heel or the middle of your foot and help transfer some of that energy to the roll and the push forward so these shoes were actually helping you conserve because it was putting some of your stride into the energy to roll forward and push off which fucking weird shit to bring up but obviously every advantage is every advantage right so now these nike shoes are banned in high-end stuff it's just weird and of course i have no idea how this just became became the 20 minute shoe conversation but anyways that's uh what it ended up being (laughs) so yes i need to go get new shoes um and then i think i brought this up last time um talking about when winter's coming i need to get those like metal crampons grips shoe spikes whatever you call them um but i've heard if the path is cleared really well they're annoying to run on and make it worse so i don't know it's weird the whole the fact that i've been able to ramble for 20 minutes about shoes is i'm sure there's what do the kids call them kicks the people who buy all the different years of air jordans and the shoe collectors they could probably go on forever but they wouldn't go on about like long distance running shoes and the science behind it and kind of all the different stuff and things i've learned just because i got hurt for um not stretching and wearing shit shoes and now i run a lot and yeah (laughs) it's anywhere between 10 and 35 kilometers on a weekend i guess depending on my motivation and then whenever i feel like it after work too right um i honestly wish i lived somewhere that the sun in the winter because it's already the sun rises at eight and sets at like 5 30 it's bullshit right so if i don't want to run in the dark um and not that it's not an unlit bike path but it's like it cools off when the sun goes down and it's just annoying so i would like to live somewhere where there was fucking daylight (laughs) in more months of the year so but i can also see the mind frame around here i think a lot of people because the big marathon oh there comes the vent um The big marathon around here, I think, is mid to late September, right? So it's nice, cool running in the fall so you don't overheat and you can get a nice pace and all that. Other things I've learned is what temperature I like to run at, (laughs) which is a nice, cool, so you don't overheat. But I think a lot of people hibernate because it is, it's bullshit to run in the dark because odds are you are running in the dark or only maybe running on the weekend or something. I don't know. But then it's, to me, that's not enough. Um, I liked when it was an option almost every day or when I was in the mood for it. I'm never in the mood for running. What am I saying? Anyways, (laughs) but where was I once again? I feel like a lot of people here hibernate, um, and then ramp up in the spring, run all summer and they gear themselves up and slowly get in there like whatever, three to five to seven to 10 to whatever, to half marathon. And if they do more than that build up to the full right and then in the fall you run whatever your goal was in a marathon or two as the summer winds down and then hibernate i can see that cycle being ultra appealing but i run so that i can eat more shit (laughs) 
because 10k is a good seven depending on my heart rate and how hard it's blowing in the weather and all, everything right um i'm burning seven to nine hundred calories on that and that that affords me a little extra happiness in my day it it's yeah let's be clear i'm selfish <laughs> it's it is nice that i lost all the weight and running afforded me to get in a good shape and i remember when i went to the doctor last he commented that my heart was in really good shape but at the end of the day, all I wanted was to eat more Cheetos, so. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, oh my god, park this one in the archives already, 25 minutes of shoe talk. Um, yeah, anyways, um, yeah, I don't think I'm going to stay weekly. I think I kind of fell off that wagon a while ago, definitely did. Um, this one, I wanted to sit down the second I got some free time. So we'll see when I feel like it. I've asked, I think I mentioned this earlier. I can't remember. I did ask for some co-pilots for this. So I got to roll that format out. That might get me a little more, the juices flowing to want to do it more regularly. We'll see. It might suck or be unfun. Who knows? Um, I've been doing this. When was lockdown? Um, this February will be two years since I sat down with Lohi, so fuck, that's nuts, so yeah, I'm probably at like, where are we, November, three months, so a year and nine months of just me flying solo, except for two, the Neil one, December 16th, and I think Doug and I chatted, I believe so, but that feels like a hundred years ago, I have to start reaching out and just getting on Discord or whatever with people, but I do have two that I reached out to and they were, they, at least they pretended to be interested. Jesus, October 5th, 2020, Doug. Okay. Um, hi. Um, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I got to make this more appealing to myself because me doing this alone, apparently, it's, I don't know. Today, really wanted to do it. Last week, blew it off. But now we're sitting on November 14th and I haven't recorded in the month because the last Sunday fell on October 31st. So we'll squeeze one more in at least. Um, yeah, that's about it. Um, I get to do some live pen and paper role playing this Saturday for the first time in forever because the gathering size is small enough. And it's a group of nerds who I'm pretty confident don't mingle with the rest of the free world so none of us are at risk <laughs> oh glory to the nerds we'll be safe um right on have an awesome week